Today I want to talk to you about the true vine. We'll read from John chapter 15, where the Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. We know that God will bless the reading of his word to our hearts. I just want to take some lessons from the Lord's description of himself as the true vine here from John chapter 15 and the verse 1. One of the great studies that we can develop out of John's gospel are the I am's of Christ. These are the I am's. Christ is never someone in the past what he is not now. Christ will never be in the future what he is not now. Christ is always the same. He is the I am. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the true vine. All of these descriptions of our Saviour reveal to us how he meets the need of every heart. As the light, he meets us in our darkness. As the bread of life, he meets us in our hunger. As the door, he meets us as those that are cast out from God. And he has provided the way by which we can know God. As the good shepherd, he meets us in our loneliness. He brings us into his flock. As the way, the truth, the life, he meets us in our lost condition. He gives us the direction. As the resurrection and the life, he meets us in our death, in our dying state. And he gives us great and wonderful promises for the future of eternal life. As the true vine, he meets us in our emptiness. And he supplies fruitfulness. He supplies spiritual prosperity, which far above outweighs any material prosperity. He is the true vine. In Israel, few plants were as common as the vine. Vineyards and the produce of the grape were an indispensable part of the economy. The Saviour, however, took this common metaphor. He applied it to himself in order that he might teach us great and glorious truths about our need but he doesn't just call himself the vine he calls himself the true vine this was because in the old testament israel is likened to a vine but the lord said i am greater than israel because israel failed israel is described as an empty vine who brought forth fruit to herself israel is described as a vine that the wild boar of the forest came and trampled down because israel lost out with god and they were not what they should be And their fruit was not what it could have been. But he said, I am not like Israel. 
I am the true vine. I am better than anything that Israel ever had or ever achieved. You see, it's not enough for us to be religious. The Jews were religious. The Jews had a Bible. The Jews thought they had a relationship with God, but it was just nominal. There was no life in it. There was no vitality in it. It's not good enough to be religious. It's not good enough just to go to church. It's not good enough to have a label. We have to have a relationship with this vine, with the true vine. To know Christ indeed. Some people say they are Christian and they are not Christian. It's just a name. But Christ is the true vine. Whenever we know him, we have truth. And he alone can make a difference to empty, dark, lonely, sinful lives. In the first place, let's think about the planting of the true vine. A vine had to be planted in order that it might become fruitful. And a vine is planted in the soil. And Jesus Christ, the true vine, came from heaven. And he was planted into the ground of humanity and yet without sin. He became attached to his fallen creatures. Now he did not sin as his fallen creatures have sinned. But yet he took part in our humanity. He became real flesh and blood. He was born of a woman. He did so in complete obedience. He subjected himself to all of the deprivations of this world. He became hungry. He became lonely. He cried. He wept. He suffered physical poverty. He suffered real pain. And ultimately, he died. He became a man for us. And it was important that he should become a man for us. Because as a man, he took our place. As a man... He lived for us and he died for us. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He kept the law for us. And then he suffered the punishment of the law on our behalf on Calvary's cross. He became a high priest. But a priest had to be drawn from humanity in order to mediate, to make intercession, to stand between men and God. And Christ is the one that makes peace between men and God because he is The true vine. That's the planting of the vine. Let's also think about the properties of the true vine. The vine is not a pretty plant as other bushes and trees are. It's not noted for its elegance. It's not noted for its height. It's not noted for the beauty of its foliage. And the vine in the east was unlike the European vine today. The European vine today grows upright. It appears as a a little bush. The vine in Israel was a creeping plant. So it crept along the ground or sometimes it would creep over trellises or over fences or over walls. But it was a creeping plant. In a very visible way there was nothing beautiful about it. And the prophet Isaiah said of Christ, he was a root out of a dry ground. And there is no beauty in him that we should desire him. And so to all intents and appearances Christ appeared as an ordinary man but the vine although it may not be beautiful to look at is famous for its fruitfulness it is a most productive plant the Lord Jesus Christ within him has this incredible power of productivity of fruitfulness only Christ enjoyed a personal resurrection only Christ came forth from the tomb 
through his own power. Only Christ can convert souls and change lives. Only Christ can grant eternal life. There is a hidden virtue in Christ that there is in no one else. And therefore, we dare not ignore him. In Colossians 2 verse 3 we are told that in him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. John chapter 1 verse 16 we are told and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. The vine produces a pleasant fruit. In the book of Psalms, the Psalm 104 and the verse 15 we are told that wine maketh glad the heart of man. And so there is a joy associated with the produce of the vine and the fruit that Christ produces gives us peace and gives us happiness and there's nothing else in the world can give us a happiness that lasts but in order for the wine to be produced the grape had to be crushed and so Christ was crushed at the cross in order that the precious wine of eternal life might be produced It pleased Jehovah to bruise him, Isaiah said, to put him to grief in order that we might be saved. Let's also think about the preeminence of the true vine. Earthly vines yield their fruit seasonally. But Christ is a true vine, is like the tree of life. And we are told in the book of Revelation, verses 1 and 2, that the tree of life produces a fruit. And there are twelve fruits. And the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Twelve fruits, that's a fruit for every year. There's no other tree does that. No vine can do that. Yield the fruit every month of the year. This is what Christ does. His fruit is continual. There's salvation for you today. There's hope for you today. Where you're at, if you give your life to him, you can be saved and know that you're saved. The produce of the vine is for the body only. But the fruit that Christ produces is cordial for the soul. He heals the soul. He brings life where there's death. He brings hope where there's despair. He brings forgiveness where there's guilt. Only he can do this. Man corrupts grape juice by fermenting it, by rotting it, producing something that is intoxicating, something which is harmful. But the fruit that Christ produces is incorruptible. We are told not to add to or detract from the scripture. We are told to take the word of God as face value. Because Christ is truth. He is the true vine. And things I am talking to you today are are not philosophy. They are not the mere creed of a church. They are the words of Christ himself. But the grapes have to be tasted. And you need to taste and see that the Lord is good. And therefore I would appeal to you to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Experience and find new life in him. Because he is the true vine. I thank you so much for listening.